The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet of up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Coors Light. When you're sweating out your bets, remember to take some time to chill and grab the perfect cold refreshment, Coors Light. And finally, we're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP for your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And as a friendly reminder, SGPN now has our very own app. It is live in the App Store and the Google Play Store, and it gives you easy access to all of our picks, podcasts, and it's an exclusive place to enter all of our contests, including our $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or Google Play Store and do it now. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 44. So obviously it's got to be dedicated to the most famous 44, Barack Hussein Obama. Even though I'm Canadian, I will I will dedicate it to one of your past presidents, and my son's obsessed with Obama, so there you go. Um, that, that's it for the political talk. Well, actually, no. Usually we, we do end up going off the rails and talking political, but uh, as of now, that's the end of the uh, political talk. I would be your host, the Canadian, uh, the aforementioned Canadian, Jeff Fox, up here in lovely Canada where the snow has finally melted and we can leave our igloos and enjoy some fresh air. It's nice. Um, I am a writer and a editor over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Perhaps you've heard of that. I also run MMA-Manifesto.com where you can get all your MMA goodness, um, pick em contests, lots of fighter pay stuff because people seem to really care how much other people make so uh that's the most popular stuff um and it, it helps when youtubers fight ufc former ufc fighters because i get lots of hits for that former fighter so thank you paul brothers for bringing me traffic and thank you uh paul Acosta, for complaining about money because you're my top traffic item this weekend despite there being a ufc um there was a UFC. It wasn't, at least from traffic I was seeing on, on, on the sites that I have access to, didn't seem like it was a very, um, very coveted, a very, um, there wasn't much interest in it. We'll put it that way, uh, in this event. Um, and more, um, often than not, uh, actually, um, yeah, more often than not with the fights in the card, it was probably, uh, a good call. Not, not to, if people chose not to watch this card, because it was a snore fest, except for a, a few fights. Uh, on the card um i came through followed through on the promise the mediocre boys promise that we always promise that we're going to give you mediocre results and i came through i was very mediocre um my my partner in the mediocre business uh did not come through he um he really screwed up and got a bunch of picks right and he even got a bunch of underdogs right um, so we're going to take our time before we introduce him because he's going to be insufferable this week, um, gloating about how he actually blindly picks some fights correctly, you know, throwing a, a dart at, at a dartboard and, and, uh, and getting some picks correctly. So maybe I'll take my time uh, introducing him because we don't need him gloating. And you all probably would prefer to talk, have a mediocre guy like me talk to you anyhow. So. Um, so yeah, so we had Rosenstrike versus Sakai. That was the card in question. Um, I'm thinking one of the reasons why we didn't get a huge buzz to it is because the UFC had a off week last week. Um, so there wasn't, um, people got kind of got out of the habit of watching the UFC, uh, every Saturday, but, um, they're definitely back. In, they should be back in the habit for, for this weekend coming up. So we got a monster card coming up. Um, UFC 263 is, um, at least on paper, looking like one heck of a card. Um, yeah, all right. So I do have a uh, an associate. Um, I think we call him associate host. I don't think we have the co in there, but I'm not going to ask him because he's not allowed to talk until his name is spoken, and I will not speak in his name yet. Um, because the second I say his name, he will jump in and tell us about all these underdogs he hit and all that type of thing. So, well, we'll just take your time here. So. Um, what else? Other than hitting underdogs and not being mediocre, not falling through on our promise to be mediocre, 
Um, he also hosts two other podcasts, uh, the Top Turtle MMA podcast, whose name I always get correct, and then one called Prelim Primer. I like to call it Prelim Picker, which probably would have been a better name for him to name it since I've been calling it that for 43 episodes right now about. And he um, did not correct me, which was very, very polite and un-American of him, but Maybe he's secretly Canadian. Who knows? But we're not letting him talk. So um, I don't even know if he's on the line because it's just silent. Sometimes he laughs at my jokes or sometimes he groans, but um, it's just silence. So it's kind of nice. Um, what else can I tell you about him? Um, he was not mediocre last week. Um, definitely was not mediocre. Um, but you'll hear plenty about that. Um, he thinks he's super tough because he has a purple belt. Um, you'll probably hear about that too. He'll tell you about all the fighters he thinks he can beat up. Um Oh, I heard him. Okay, he is there, but he's not allowed to talk. So, yeah, um, usually on air he'll tell you. Sometimes off air he'll be like, oh, I could beat that guy up, you know. Um, <laughs> um, I would go go plot of that guy in under less than a minute, stuff like that. So, um, other than that, uh, he's, he's a pretty swell guy. Uh, he follows me everywhere I go, kind of like a uh, little brother or a puppy, which is which is cute. Um, and and he likes to copy. Um, me naming children, getting unruly dogs, you know, things like that. Being a jobber in uh, college sports, stuff like that. Um, he does not do long introductions on his show, so like I do. Um, this has kind of become a thing. I know a couple people like it. I'm sure most of you are annoyed right now that I'm still talking and I haven't introduced me yet, but it's kind of become like a, a thing that a couple weird people that I may or may not be related to think it's funny for me to do so um so I've been keeping it going then sometimes I, I'll just like burst out and say his name and and uh, catch him off guard and then he will have to talk because he's been introduced Daniel Gummy Vreeland well as I said before the longer the introduction the better I've been doing with my picks so you just keep running those introductions longer and longer well, because last week proved that point too you had a nice long introduction yeah boom eight and four Yep, there you go. It didn't take him long. It took me long, but it didn't take him long you know, to tell was, you how he did. I, I was expecting, mm. with, if you were going to run the introduction that long, you didn't ever mention that I once hit a plus 275 underdog that I was adamant that everybody should bet on. And, you know, yep. that somehow that didn't make it into the introduction. Well, that's old news now because you hit a couple of dogs this past weekend also, which uh, helped you out. Yeah, I was pretty angry watching this, this card. The fights kind of sucked, at least the early early going and I was whiffing on picks and I was blaming there was a couple of good ones in there blaming judges and whatnot. there was a couple of good ones in there like like Puelis versus Levitt sucked you're right Woodson versus Alaw was an awful um what was the what was the good oh Rodriguez yeah, versus watch match. R- Rodriguez versus Todorovic was really fun yeah like that that was no, a, a true, brawl yeah. and then Ponzinibbio Baeza might be fight of the year right now Yes, definitely. Yeah. I just get annoyed by all the decisions because I try to watch these fast. I'm like, come on, another decision. So basically we had one, two, three, four. On the prelims, five decisions, one second round TKO, one accidental eye poke in the second round. So that's not much uh, excitement there. And then in the main car, we had three TKOs and three decisions. So, um, yeah, it wasn't uh, – but um, not all decisions are created equally, and some of them were quite exciting, which we will – get into uh, shortly. But first, let me tell you about WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-I-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. All right. Um... So, Rosenstrike versus Sakai. Main event, I guess it, it pretty much went, uh, we um, we kind of uh, outlined two possible um, scenarios for the fight, and we kind of got both of them. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, we definitely uh, got both of them. <laughs> exactly. The first 457, I think it was about, or 455 maybe, of, of the fight, which uh, only lasted 459. Uh, so basically the majority of the fight, vast, 99% of the fight, was a, a staring contest, basically. Um, two guys waiting to see who, uh, waiting for the next other one to blank. And then uh, we had the explosive violence that we expected, and Rosenstrike knocked out Augustus Sakai, I saw the clock turn to zero, but um, officially it was at 4.59 in the first round via punches. 
Um, didn't even look like he hit him very hard with the one that that uh, that felled uh, Sakai. But when you hit like Rosenstrike and you have, I'm assuming he has massive hands to go with his massive body. Um, you don't really have to hit people too hard, and then he uh, obliged to finish him up with the ground and pound before the ref uh, jumped in. So yeah, like I said, and like like Dan said, pretty much uh, we nailed it. We got the winner right, and we told you. It could very well be boring, and then we told you it could also be explosive, and somehow we got all all of it correct. Yeah, I, I was after watching like two or three minutes of it, I was like, oh damn, this is going to go fifteen minutes of the most boring heavyweight fight you've ever seen before because they both look tentative. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, like the the knockout. I, I would say this: you're you're right. It didn't look like the the shot that dropped him did very much damage, but that first hammer fist was so right, brutal. Yeah. Like, the first hammer fist was was one of the better hammer fists you've ever seen uh, because you could see Sakai's eyes roll right back after that happened. So, um, yeah, like, ultimately, like, um, exactly what I expected. Um, you know, I, I could have seen this going another 20 minutes of, of exactly what we saw in the first four minutes, but... Um, I'm glad we didn't, and I'm glad Rosenstreich got it done. Um, not that I dislike Augusto Sakai, but, like, he, he was never going to knock out Rosenstreich, so, hey, might as well get the knockout from, from the guy who's who's throwing bungalows. And might as well get a, a pick right. I was I was scratching inclined to get any, any pick right, so, um, yeah, but I didn't go through all our picks. We probably should do that before we go too much farther, but, yeah, I was uh, happy just to, just to be right. Um yeah, as for total strikes, uh, Sakai landed three, uh, Rosen strike landed 16, and majority lows were in, what, a five-second flurry probably at, at the end there. Um, yeah, I don't know how many he actually landed before, um, like I said, before that flurry. Um, did we learn anything about other guy? I No, they're both like, exactly who we think they are. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we learned really I, anything I, about either I, guy. I think, to be fair, that that's usually true about heavyweight fights. Um, yeah. Like, like... With the exception of the most recent Francis Naganu Stipe rematch, where we're like, right. oh, oh shit, Francis is like a well-rounded dude now. He's like a guy now, yeah. not just a puncher. Yeah. Like, how many times have you ever watched a heavyweight fight and you've been like, oh, like you don't think that? Like, uh, Rosenstrike is a guy with crazy one-touch power who gets tentative. Augusto Sakai rarely attacks, tries to play a pitter-patter type fight. Sometimes wins them, sometimes loses them. We saw exactly that, and this is one of the ones he lost. So, um, yeah, and I would say even in the second fight that we're going to talk about, which is also a heavyweight fight, we continue to learn nothing. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, one positive for Sakai, he uh, physically, uh, um, we we love objectifying these these men' bodies, despite us both pretending that, or I mean, both of us um, being straight, straight AF, as you could say, um, we do like to objectify these fighters bodies and he did look like he was in better shape sakai did yeah he, he looks like he's he's clearly been working on his cardio but like yeah. I, I don't know like what what is that <laughs> what does that mean as a heavyweight is it even yeah, good I, I mean like we saw frank Mir bulk up all those years ago to beat brock lesnar and it didn't help because right. as we're going to talk about and then again i don't mean to keep harping on Boy, the co-main you event get into the co-main event don't you i i like it's another one of those examples of like at heavyweight does it even pay off to be super fit, right? Because, like, yeah. Walt Harris is super fit and gassed out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can see why you're keep bringing up the coming event because they pretty much go hand in hand. But these, these matches could have been could have been swapped. Um, yeah, you could have put these, these two yeah. in either order, and I, I would have watched the card in the, with the same exact feeling. Yeah, Rosenstrike's pretty much the bigger name of the four. Is probably the only reason you're going to see him in the, in the main event. So, um, yeah, it was good that we got him at minus 125, and hopefully – uh, everyone else got him at a nice low number like that, and hopefully you got him via via finish too, because um, that was the only way we pictured him winning uh, this fight. So that was one of um, I, I was six for six. Um, so like I said, mediocre. I lost money as per usual, um, almost three hundred bucks, but I was mediocre. Uh, didn't hit any underdogs. Dan was eight and four. He hit two underdogs, which I'm sure we're going to hear about. Um, he was up up one hundred ninety one bucks. So. Um, on the year, I'm still at 55%, Dan's at 52, so I'm still crushing him. Uh, but it's only like, what, what up, yeah, but it's only five fight difference between us, so I, I can swing in, in a week. Uh, money, Dan is down less than I am, uh, about 
400 bucks less. So there you go. Um, we're both down though, because you're not going to win money betting every fight. Uh, the, the way we're betting, the way you're, you're betting this, the, the same amount on, on the money line on every fight, you're, you're not going to win money. But, um, so one positive spin is I'm still killing it at 55% to his 52. Uh, other positive spin, um, I got my lock right and Dan didn't, which I, made yeah, me laugh never, right away. Nev, I never do. Again. <laughs> I cheered again, which was not nice. I went, yes, that was his lock. I was mad at first when, uh, Jordan Levitt, leave it, leave it, love it or leave it. Um, we're going to leave it now after that. Um, when he lost in the curtain jerker, I was like, I was upset because I had him picked. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That was Dan's lock. All right. Happy times are here again. So Dan lost hundred bucks in that. So he is five and seven on his locks. He still has included in that locks are your lock pick, the, your safe pick. So he's down like 400 bucks almost. Me, on the other hand, I nailed my lock. Uh, the king of Kung Fu. My wife's telling me I, I kept kept saying Kung Fu, but it's Kung Fu. So everyone likes to talk about, um, comment on my pronunciations, which is interesting. I'm getting a complex on this, but I guess I dish it out. I, I need to need to be able to take it. Um, so I am I hit the king of Kung Fu, uh, Muslim Selikov at minus two fifty. Like safe pick, not a huge, you know, what forty bucks win, but I'll take it. So I'm nine and three. I'm up two hundred and thirty bucks. Um, so I am still. Rocking it with with the um, locks, but yeah, the rest of the card, not so much. Um, all right, uh, before we put the main event to bed, Stan's in a hurry to get to. I hope you have a lot of insight into this co-main event that you want to talk about so badly. I don't. It's <laughs> just equally as easy to get out of the way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so uh, Rosenstrike. We haven't didn't learn much about him. Uh, I checked. I'm checking my performance rankings that I do on MMA Dash Manifesto. I'm checking my spreadsheet right now. He was at seventh heading into this fight. Looks like he goes ahead of Volkov and Cyril Gain uh, point wise. So he's up to fifth now. Um, so he's behind Nagano, Miocic, Lewis, and Blades, and then directly ahead of Gain and Volkov. Do you have a what's next plan for him at all? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you said the name in there, at, at Curtis Blades. Um, I have they I think, fought before or not? I couldn't remember. You know, I you know when when I I first got ready to say this, I actually had yeah. to Google it because I I was like, have they fought before? And they haven't because because okay. Rosenstrike's only two losses are to Francis Ngannou and Surreal Gain. And yeah, Blades I thought you might only, have beaten them for all I know. Yeah. And, well, uh, well, Blades has only lost to Ngannou and uh, Derek Lewis. Right. Um, so yeah. so you know both guys you know only lost to kind of the best of the best of the division. Right. Um, everybody else in the UFC's top, oh, let's see, uh, top 10 either fought this past weekend or already has a fight booked. Yeah. Um, so, so like, uh, except for Curtis Blades and yeah, yeah, Rosenstrike. So, I mean, like, Rosenstrike could either fight Blades or, you know, the other one he really could fight is, again, I don't mean to keep jumping to this next fight, but, like, he can fight Marcin Tybura. Like, Marcin Tybura yeah. is now on a five-fight win streak. He yep. was ranked 11. He beat the number eight guy. Is it a wild claim to think that he should fight the number six guy? I don't think so. Yeah. You could do Rosenstrike, uh, Tybura. UFC Fight Night, Rosenstrike, Tybura. UFC Vegas, whatever number we'd be up to, 47 or something by then. Or you could do, you know, um, UFC Fight Night, Rosenstrike versus Blades. All of those work, basically. Um yeah, Blades and Rosestrike, they're both 6-2 and two in their past eight. So, you know, it's – and they're like I said, they're right close in my rankings and they're right close in the, in the main rankings. So, yeah, that, that works for um, – that works for either guy and who cares about Sakai. Uh, no, uh, no disrespect, but whatever. Um, he's, what, lost two straight now and after winning his first four in the UFC. So he can just get to the back of the line with everyone else. He's, um, he's gonna he's gonna wind up being somebody who they're gonna they're gonna feed a prospect who yeah. likes to go in and like he he is completely perfect for Tom Aspinall right like yeah, that, that's 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 Tom yeah. Aspinall bait right now because Tom yep. Aspinall will take the fight to you and will not let you play like a pitter patter fight so like I mean like that's the perfect type fighter for him or or somebody like uh, Alexander Romanov that big wrestler from Romania. Yep. Like that, that dude too. So like Sakai's gonna see somebody like that. 
Yeah, no, he he could be a, a gatekeeper to the you know lower reaches of the top fifteen, top ten, that type of thing. That that uh, that would work out well. Um, now moving on to the no, that's I'm going to make him wait. We're not going to move on to the main event. I'm going to tell you about Coors Light because these days everything is go go go. Dan just wants to jump ahead to the next fight constantly. It's nothing but nonstop hustle to get to that March and Tybera Walt Harris fight. Work, friends, family, a million pressing social issues and expectation to be on 24-7, beast in 25-8. Sometimes you just need to, a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for, oh, no, I, sorry, I uh, lost my ad script there. I'm not reading this, so I'm making this up, guys. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. Non-cold refreshment, made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies, not the hockey team. Perfect for a moment to unwind. So Coors Light is one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look, delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate responsibly. Do you remember the Colorado Rockies, Dan? I, I know too young? Have- I know who the Colorado Rockies are. Okay, just checking. Yeah, I mean, they're still around. They're still around. They're terrible, but, like, they're not gone. No, I'm talking about the hockey team. The Colorado Rockies were a hockey team. Oh, no, absolutely not. I know about the Colorado. Avalanche. I I know the Avalanche, and and prior to that, they were the Quebec Nordiques. Exactly. They used to have have amazing brawls with the Montreal Canadiens back in the the good old days. Yeah, before um, the team started moving out of Canada. Exactly, before we lost all our teams to you. Dirty Nick. All oh, three nothing Montreal, everybody. I just opened my app. All right. That's, I live in a Habs household now, so I gotta be all in on the Habs. So um and Winnipeg lost their best player who actually is from the town I live in because he did you see that dirty hit he did the other night, Dan? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. Nice, right? Nice. I, hit. I, I don't I don't watch a lot of hockey, but I do watch because <laughs> I do always get the the brutal hit, uh, usually cheaper illegal hit gift yep. sent to me from one of my friends because they know, along with having a phone full of uh, people getting kicked in the junk, I also occasionally like uh, dirty hockey hits. There you go. That was a nice hit, and uh, I'm not proud to say he's from my hometown, but um, I was already in university when he was born. That makes me feel really, really old. But okay, enough. Um, quizzing Dan to see uh, to prove whether he's young or old. Let's go. Okay, Dan, lay it on us. Uh, co-main event, heavyweights, chunky guys, both of them. Walt Harris looked – you kept telling me he wasn't chunky, but uh, I don't know. Take another look, uh, at least last night. Um, he, he looked a little bigger. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> Marching type. Very long legs, though. Uh, Marching Tybura, TKO'd Walt Harris after – it only lasts, what, four minutes, 4.06 in the first round, but uh, Tybura almost got TKO'd himself numerous times leading up to that. So it was uh, your typical – Heavyweight, um, stand and trade um, type of fight. But uh, Dan's got more insight than that, apparently. So uh, lay it on us, Dan. Yeah, if you had listened to the Top Turtle <laughs> podcast, Marcin oh. Tibera actually told me uh, that he I'm gonna win. Thought, he thought his cardio was way better. He expected Walt Harris to come out, blitz him, possibly right. even tag him. Uh you know, like try to pour it on, then tire out. And Marcin Tibera said he was going to finish him early in the second. He got it done earlier than that, but like yeah, it was two, yeah. literally the way he drew it up. Like he literally was like, he's going to try to hit me with the kitchen sink like he did with Overeem, and it's yeah. not going to work, and then I'm going to get him. Um, and, you know, like th- that's kind of been it- – it's sad to say, but that's kind of been what Walt Harris has been lately, right? Like Walt Harris yeah. is just – uh, he's he's a fast starter. He's super muscly, which is kind of a detriment at ha- heavyweight sometimes when when you tire out quickly. Marcin Tibera, I have to say too, again, so fucking durable, right? Like, I yeah. mean, like between the Greg Hardy fight where he had better cardio than Greg Hardy, which like, you know, so does just about anybody at this point. But like, he also he he has a good pace for a guy who looks like he does. So. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be a champion every time soon, but, like, man, he, he's going to get some guys in the top. Man, he's probably going to be a top five to seven guy pretty soon. He, he's going to give some of those guys trouble with, with the pace he sets. I, I'd say um, Harris was successful throwing the kitchen sink at him because he did yeah, throw the kitchen it, sink at him. He just it, wasn't it was successful good. finishing him. Yeah, um, yeah Tybura, um, it's funny to say 
uh, someone's cardio looked good and when it lasted four minutes. But yeah, he wasn't just durable, but yeah, he he um, Harris was no, notably uh, done <laughs> by the end of the end of this uh, very short fight. So um, Tybura really laid it on it. Um, sorry to see Harris, nice guy, went horrible, tragic. Um, past what two years the past year or so so it's sad to see him go on this run but that's it's, it's a cruel sport um it's three straight losses for him do you think we see any more of he's already been cut once um he's six and nine now 69 billy madison uh six and nine in the in the ufc now um do you see him getting another shot at it because he's I, a good guy I, but <laughs> i think so I, I actually think so and, and not just because he's a good guy but like you know, those losses are to Overeem, Volkov, and Tybura, who are right. all, like I said, top top ten guys, yeah. even even Overeem, who, who is no longer with the organization. It's a top ten guy. Um, I think you got to move him way down, almost all the way out of the rankings probably. Oh, you um, think, yeah. You, you know, he's probably got to fight – he's probably going to fight an Andre Arlovsky, you know, or, uh, or an up-and-comer, you know, a Carlos yeah. Felipe or, uh, you know, somebody like that. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's unfortunate, but like he's one away from not being there anymore. But but I think the excitement he brings is exactly what the UFC wants by putting a heavyweight in the co-main event, right? Like yep. they wanted Walt Harris to go in and do precisely what he did, yeah, because he was either going to kill or be killed, and th- that's kind of what they were looking for. Il- Il- Latifi might work for him next. They're they're both at least according to my rankings, they're both kind of in the same range. My goodness, Ilya Latifi, and we're going to get to that heavyweight yep. nonsense in a second. Uh, but I, I may, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that went precisely as I drew it up. Oh, listen to this guy. Yeah. All right. So enough of the, uh, um, enough of the depressing side of of that fight. Uh, Tybura. Uh, um, my rankings le- like him less than the UFC's rankings. Didn't have a whole lot of finishes. Um, over a whole lot of uh, fighters with good records. So he's not um, ranked very high in mine. He was 15th before this fight. I think this is only going to move him up to 14th because um, Harris had a losing record. Um, so, you know, he, according to my rankings, you, you get, your points are based on whether you finish guys and how good their record is um, with more weight placed on uh, the most recent fights. Uh, then uh, I go all the way up to 10 fights and then um, – Basically, the the scale gets ramped down as as you get farther away from the most recent fight. So anyhow, he's you know still in the fridges, the top fifteen for me. Who do you uh, you already mentioned uh, po- him possibly fighting what um, our main event writer? Um, no, our main event loser. You said right? No, no, Jair Zeno. Oh yeah, you said Rosenstrike. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. I would say if Rosenstrike winds up getting that that Curtis Blades fight, yeah. which I, I actually think he probably deserves that. I, I think that's probably a better fight. If that happens, uh, I'd give Martin Tybura the winner of uh, Shamil Abdurakahimov is supposed to fight Chris Dawkins. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's happening in August, if I'm not mistaken. And like the winner of that would be a really good matchup for him, right? Like, uh, Shamil Abdurakahimov is a guy who, while he's been away for a really long time, he actually might have already fought Martin Tepera. I could be wrong. Um, but while he's been – he has fought Martin Tepera. I was right, 2019. Well, hopefully uh, he loses then, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, but like, man, that's not even that long ago. Man, that's only like two years ago. A lot of um, fights ago, but yeah. Not yeah. that long ago. Yeah, he's now on a five-fight winning streak since then, whereas Abdurakahimov, I'm not sure has fought since then, if I'm not mistaken. Like, oof. What a weird span. But, yeah, yeah. like, uh, wh- anyway, regardless, uh, the winner of that fight um, should probably be a good pick for him. And, yeah, like like you said, kind of hoping it's Chris Dawkins. Chris Dawkins, Marcin Dibera seems about right for both of their next fights. And regardless of who, who wins um, the Abdur Abdurrahimov fight, um, you're going to get two chunky guys going at it in the next one too. So that's you know right up our one, alley. One's one's loose chunky too. Yeah, there you go. Chris, Chris Dawkins is Chris Dawkins <laughs> for sure. He's Damn, like chunky, horrible. but like but like not even like he's 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 chunky, but he's not even like big chunky. Horrible. I, I expect topless pictures of Dan showing off his amazing physique uh, after after we go off air just to uh, prove he's not being a hypocrite here. Okay? <laughs> I expect you're that anyhow. You're, so you're probably not going to get that. <laughs> instead, of just, instead of just private uh, message me uh, those photos of yours that you send, that you can show everyone now, okay? <laughs> All right. Uh, do we want to talk about 
Roman Dolizzi versus Luriano Staropoli. Yeah, we'll talk about it because I got that one right and you got that one wrong, so which was a rarity. Is that the, old, that the only um, one on the card, night. too? I, um, that may be the only one that I got that right. You got right and I got wrong? <laughs> yeah, that is the only, only one where I went against you and... How do, how do you right. feel about how do you feel about that right now? How do how do you feel about this fight being the one your this fight being your triumph of the weekend? I, yeah, no, doesn't say much, does it about me? Um, I barely even remember the fight. I think I remember skipping uh, very quickly through most of the fight because it was grappling, but not very exciting grappling. Was it even um, grappling? <laughs> it was more like tussling against the cage. Were they tussling, Dan? They weren't even that... tussling. They were just holding. <laughs> they were, so they were hugging each other, then, is what you're saying, possibly? Well, a hockey, one, hockey one, fight kind one, of grabbing jerseys? One, no, hockey fight was a vast improvement over what I <laughs> saw true. in this fight. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't very exciting. Is there really anything to say about other guy? Uh, I don't... Can we skip this fight? I don't think there's really much yeah, to say. Yeah, like you, you, you could. Have I, I would say both of their stock goes way down. Um, Staropoli looks like he doesn't belong at middleweight because he couldn't get out of anything and couldn't right. do anything. Yeah. Roman Delize looks like the most boring middleweight on the planet after that fight. Like yep. he, he can't, he can't possibly think that his stock is going up. And like he, he has not had a good batch of, uh, of results either. Like he lost to Trevin Giles in his first fight at middleweight, and yeah. then that's his second performance. Like, dude, like. That it, that's a, one of those fights where ten years ago, if you if you take Dana White from ten years ago, Dana White cuts him after yeah, that fight's true. over yep. because yeah. he did that to I don't know if you remember he did that to Gerald Harris. Gerald Harris won a fight or or lost it narrowly or something like that, and it looked boring like this one, and he just cut him. And Gerald Harris is crazy exciting. Gerald Harris was always yeah. fun to watch, and he just cut him. This is one of those fights where ten years ago where Dana White just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Would just cut Roman Delise. Yeah, didn't Gerald Harris get cut like multiple times? Though, to be fair, I think I'm a pretty whole bunch sure. Of them. And was he on the Ultimate Fighter once? <laughs> Maybe. Oh, you and your war. It's always always comes back to that. Everybody, Ultimate Fighter, Dan. I'm gonna have I'm the only Ultimate. And, I'm the old, only Ultimate Fighter yeah, fan on the planet. I live in a Habs household. He lives in an Ultimate Fighter household. So um, that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah. Well, we talked too much about that fight. Oh, my son did say. Uh, so we're, you're cheering for the guy who looks like Rudy Gobert. So he thinks Roman Deleuze, he looks like Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert uh, fighting at middle, it would be amazing. Rudy Gobert in the octagon would be amazing. Seven foot one and like 110 pounds or whatever he is. That would be very interesting to see. So moving on. All right, this fight we can talk about. Um, even though we got it wrong, uh, I didn't really mind getting this one wrong. Just like I didn't mind picking the Lakers to beat the Suns in the first round. I, some, sometimes I don't mind uh, when my picks go wrong. Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Miguel Baez. Uh, we got it wrong. We went for the younger, bigger guy, which normally is the way to go. Um, we went. We thought Ponzinibbio had uh, son had set on his career due to all his injuries, staff infection, all that stuff that had him out for what three years almost or something like that. Yeah, he's gone Look, for a while. Yeah, and then that he was on what a uh, seven, eight fight win streak, seven fight win streak at the time. Uh, looked horrible in his return. Um, did not look horrible last night, and he got a win over a young up-and-comer. I'm going to chalk this up as a prospect loss for um, Miguel Baeza, but um, I think this said more about um, Ponzinibbio not exactly being Tony Ferguson yet. Yeah, well, and I think I said, too, on the, the show last week, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, I think I said if old Santiago Ponzinibbio right. shows up, he wins this fight. He wins yes. 100% of the time. And I wouldn't say the old version of him showed up for the whole fight because the first round was the new version, the, the version that got knocked out by Li Jingliang. But, like, the second and third round was old Santiago Ponzinibbio. Yeah. And I would actually say, you know, you're right. It's a prospect loss for Baeza. But I'd say this, too. Like, Miguel Baeza is a guy who who hung in there with a damn good, a damn good Santiago Ponzinibbio. I think this probably did more for him in my eyes than it didn't. You know what I mean? Like he yeah. he looked really good in there. Well, Dana White doesn't just give away fifty thousand bucks for, for the heck of it, and he uh, this fight did win fight of the night. So Baez is definitely um, no um, he doesn't have to worry about future employment at least for for the next little while. And yeah, I agree. Um, he showed a lot with his toughness. Um, Ponzinibbio basically was a one legged man. He was uh, walking around like Frankenstein in there because uh, he got his his uh, calf beat up so bad, but yeah, this was a uh, heck of a fight, but 
Um, yeah, tons I, I've, of got on, I've got it on my short list for, for fight of the year. I don't know about yeah. you. Do you, do, do you think it's – the only other one I could think of that was better this year so far was um, – Mike Davis and Mason Jones from like back in January, and it, but it's like neck and neck between those two. Yeah, I, I don't I don't remember anything ever, but yeah, it was a good fight. Ponzinibbio, he already was ranked very highly. He was already fourth in my performance rankings just because he was on a tear, um, finished and was finishing people with amazing records. So he's still fourth uh, in my rankings ahead of Vincente Luque. Um, and Gilbert Burns uh, behind the the big three of Usman, Edwards, and Covington. Do you do you know what's next for him? Do you? Uh, I don't. I'm not suggesting he he get uh, a guy up in the in the top what five like like he's ranked in mine. I, I would rather him have more of a uh, more of a not a warm up fight, but more of a get acquainted in the octagon again fight. Cause I, I think he saw some rust to knock off. Do you have any names in mind for him or not? Nah, he's he's in a really weird spot being yeah. away for as long as he did. Like he was up to being ranked like number seven, and then they right. give him a fight to come back to the UFC against number. I I don't know if like Jing Liang was even ranked, or if he was, he was like fourteen, and he lost to that. So you have him like mentally as seven, and he loses to fourteen, and then he comes back and beats an unranked like hot prospect looking good. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it's pretty much a coin flip of who you put him against at this point in time. Do you give him a ranked guy? Do you give him a not-ranked guy? Do you give him another guy like this? Do you give him a guy like Nico Price? I don't know the right answer. I'd say just put him in there with somebody who I'm going to enjoy watching. You know, like, yep. I, you know, let, get him in there with somebody who's going to throw hands with him. That, that's Nico, Nico Price would be fun. Nico Price yeah. is – I think he's here. booked already, though. I could be wrong, but I think I think Nico Price is already about to fight somebody. Yes, it sounds like he might be. All right, give him uh, give him Mike Perry. <laughs> oh, that's not – no. Don't, that's don't not give nice. Any, don't give anybody Mike Perry. <laughs> Mike, um, Mike Perry – Oh, yes. Uh, Nico Price, by the way, speaking of fights, is, is fighting, oh, oh, coming up fairly soon in July against Michelle Pereira. Oh, yeah, uh, that's a fun one. Another, yeah, like, that, that's just what you do with Nico Price, right? You give him fun dudes. Yep, you got it. Uh, another, we have, a, we have a new fun dude, um, Gregory Rodriguez, RoboCop. Uh, you told me the RoboCop. Uh, RoboCop was a good wrestler after we went off air, and you did more research on him. And I told you robots cannot wrestle, but I stand corrected. Robots can wrestle. Robots can punch. Robots can eat punches. Robots can beat the Thunder Douche. Three rounds to none or two rounds to one. Uh, one judge's scorecard. A very impressive performance for Gregory Rodriguez, despite – what is was it Bisbing saying that he looked like he was fifty something, even though he's like in his he 20s? does he does look like he's 50 so I <laughs> I true. looked at my I looked at my wife during this fight because I already knew the answer how old he was yeah. and, and we had the volume down and I said hey hey how old do you think he is and she was like God he looks at least forty four and I was yeah. like he, he's he's twenty eight <laughs> yeah wow can you yeah. punch in the face for a living is not uh, not good for the looks. Man, it, it can't just be that, right? It's got to be bad genetics. But that being yeah. said, despite how he maybe doesn't look good, he looks great. Like, he is a guy to watch. Because, first of all, to, to look like that against LFA guys, yep. already impressive. You know, Josh Fremd is a, a real legit fighter, and he just came off of a knockout of him. So, like, you already had to be high on him, which is, by the way, why I picked him at Underdog Money. Um but also to do that against a guy who's been in the UFC for a little bit. And, like, it just shows he is – he's legit as they come. And I'm I'm super excited to see him again at middleweight because I, I think he could beat some, some real legit guys right now, never mind if he gets better. And that was one of your underdogs, was it not? Yes. Yeah, he was, um, yeah, plus he was barely a dog. Yeah, he was barely oh, a dog. 135, Cause, though, right? Because the other one I'm going to talk about was a bigger duck. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll get there. We mentioned the name already, but we'll get there. Um, Montana De La Rosa uh, looked fantastic in her flyweight bout against Arian uh, Lipsky, who claims to be what uh, the violence queen or the queen of violence or something like that, but she was the one that was left bloody at the end of this one. Um, De La Rosa's striking is still horrible. Um, she does not look good on the feet, but once uh, you get tied up with her and start grappling, you are in trouble, and she... Um, had Lipsky in, in trouble, a whole bunch of ground and pound trouble. Yeah, I think she probably gets the Queen of Islands nickname. She just gets to steal yeah, that after that. Like the BMF thing, right? Yeah, the, the elbows to the sides yeah. of the 
freaking temples in in the she cut her on both sides. Yep. I, I would say it was uh, while you're right. Montana De La Rosa did not develop the way we need her to as a striker. What she did do was develop her ground and pound. Right. Like right. If she, it, we've never seen her really drop ground and pound in there. What we've seen from her is really advanced submissions, really good positioning, really good grappling. But, like, she upped her ground and pound game quite a bit, even if her, her, her striking's got a little ways to go. Um, and, and I think what people forget about Montana De La Rosa, where they're like, I don't know, she doesn't seem to have anything for you. She's 26. Yes. It's not like she's old, right? Like, we've been seeing her in the UFC for a long-ass time, right? Like, she she made the UFC uh, all the way back when they first added the flyweight division, right? Like, yep. 20... 20 2017 yeah. yeah 2017 was when they they had that show and like so so we've seen her for four plus or years now or working on four years now and even before that like she fought before she got to the show she fought Mackenzie Dern and Cynthia Calvillo so like she, she's got a wealth of experience but it's like still young enough to still be getting better now when I was watching last night one thing that did come to mind is She's young, um, you know. She seems very nice. She's a good mother. I thought, well, Dan must really want to see her get beat up. No, I like Montana. Yeah, I know that's I, it's I, strange. Completely the right? opposite. Yeah, she's I totally the opposite. And you know, she's totally. Uh, I figured you you would want to see her get the queen of violence raining elbows on her, but no, we we picked her to win and win she did. So didn't make any moves in my ranking. She's still twelfth, um, which is I'm guessing she will pop back into the UFC's official rankings after that. Um, do you have a name in mind for her, or shall we move on? Yeah, I actually so think uh, I, I think Antonina Shevchenko would make a lot of sense. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, because like, uh, somebody who's going to test her hands but uh, is probably going to be behind her in the grappling department, right? Because Shevchenko's yeah. coming off again, uh, beat up quite a bit on the ground. Um, so it like, gives her an in to her best route while also um, going to test her in, in her weak spot. Yep. That works. So that was actually on the main card because we lost it. I was thinking um, heading into the the, uh, the night, like we had not lost any, any fights for a change. Um, but we lost the fight um, right before Tom Breeze and Antonio Arroyo happened. Breeze had medical issues and uh, had to pull out of the fight. Um, sites are some media outlets are speculating it's uh, anxiety issues because he's had that in the past, but I don't think anything official has been – been released, so it's probably um, not professional of them to claim that that's what happened. But um, regardless, he had medical issues, so that fight fell off. So we ended up with what 13 fights, and then one of them coming up, uh, no contest. We ended up with actually 12 that we uh, we had winning and losing money on. So that was the main card. Um, we will move on to the boring prelims, except for a few fights. But before, let me tell you about a new sponsor, Prop Swap. We are brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship and Stanley Cup futures when you buy directly from other bettors like yourself. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair and then buy it. PropSwap is making it easy to profit these playoffs by trading in and out teams as the postseason progresses. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. Last week, a prop swap customer purchased Montreal Canadiens Stanley Cup future for 45 bucks when the team was down 3-1 against Maple Leafs. A few days later, you flipped it for 600 bucks. So there you go. Because the Canadians, he should have kept it because the Canadians are going to win. But regardless, uh, with prop swap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP, of course, on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to propswap.com or download the prop swap app today. And speaking of apps, let me tell you about another exciting thing. SGPM has, we have our own app now. Um, SGPN app is now live in the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you easy access to all our picks and podcasts. Plus, the app is the exclusive way to enter all the SGPN contests, including our SGPN $1,000 NBA Finals free roll. That's right, 1000 bucks. Basically, go in there, uh, download the app, hit the contest tab, and you can uh, you type in your predictions for the NBA Finals, winner and score and number of games, stuff like that. And if you win, you get 1000 bucks from us. So don't forget to toss uh, us an app review also because we're good people and we deserve an app review. And download the SGPN app today. Uh, I've had the pleasure of testing it out the past few weeks, and it's a really nice app. You get 
you get uh, updates, notifications if you like every time a new podcast is posted, and you have access to all of our um, all of our uh, articles. You have con- uh, there's an odds odds tab that brings you to our odds page, and there's promo tabs that take you to all the different uh, promos for various sports books that we're offering, stuff like that. So make sure you get the app. All right, uh, prelims. Dan is going to want to talk about this one for sure because he got it right. I thought I won this fight. It was one of those stupid split decisions. Um, but looking back on it now, I, I think the right person won. Uh, heavyweight, Iller Latifi beats Tanner Boser, a Canadian, a fellow Canadian, screwed me over once again, as per usual. Um, go ahead, Dan, break it down. Gloat in your plus 165 win. Well, I would say, first of all, you are 100% wrong about at any point in time feeling that you won that fight. Because there's no way that Tanner Boser won either the first or the third round. A draw then. Feel- Feel, feel free to feel free to look at the media scores if you'd like. I know the decisions. <laughs> which, by the way, you're you're on an island with Dane Fox from Bloody Elbow. Oh, the Dane thing. Yeah, um, you got both both foxes. Meanwhile, we got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve different people who scored at twenty nine for twenty eight for yeah. Ilya Latifi in exactly the way that I did. And look, I, I had Latifi won the first and third. Yeah, Bozer won the second. If you wanted to give him a ten eight, which I technically could see, that's fine by me. Yeah, uh, and you could call it a draw, but there's no way Tanner Bozer won that fight. There's no way you give him that first round. I would say this too. Like I, I went into this fight, and when I broke it down, I said Ilya Latifi took down the Black Beast, Derek Lewis. Tanner Bozer is not even as good at takedown defenses or getting up as Derek Lewis. So expect him to be on top enough. And, hey, he was. Am I clamoring to see Ilir Latifi at heavyweight again? Hell no. But, like, props to him. Like, he got it done and, and got in the win column and at heavyweight. Yep. He Yeah, he's, he's, not, he's not, like, um, fat by any means at heavyweight, but he definitely could still get too light heavyweight, it looks like. With no problem. He's only, I think, he's only like 5'8". Yeah, he definitely would be better off at light heavyweight. Um, so well, what to make of Bozer? He he looked so uh, promising to begin with. Now he's lost the game. The past two fights he's lost Arlovsky and Latifi. Is, uh, have, is that it for him? Have, have we seen the best that he has to offer? Have we seen his ceiling already or what? Yeah, you know, I don't want to say we've seen his ceiling. I, I think he could do better, but, like, he is... I mean, like, he is a guy who largely gets by on speed and at the heavyweight division, and, like, there's a limited calling for that, right? Like, there's a limited amount of people who do well with the heavyweight division with speed, so it's going to be tough for him. Uh, I mean, like, there's reasons his wins are over Rafael Pessoa and, and Felipe Linz, right? Like, those guys are notably slower. Um, so guys who are a little bit more technical or a little bit more powerful or, like, they're always going to give him trouble, so... I don't know that we've seen his ceiling, but without, like, some large changes in what he's doing, uh, we're, we're definitely having trouble. He he was very mad on social media, though. Yeah, but he, he thought he won. The fo- he, so he a, Every fighter always he, thinks he wins, but... He, A, thought he won, and then, B, was ready to, like, have the UFC release him from his contract, which I, I don't know if that's being mad at the UFC, mad at himself, but, like, the UFC didn't... It doesn't judge fights, and... Yep. Uh, you know, I don't know why being how being released from your contract would help that, but like, uh, yeah, it it, it was a very weird set of rants, and then he just said he was going to get drunk, so that's how it ended. That's more Canadian of him. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, Walter Waits, King of Kung Fu, Muslim Selikov, um, won three rounds to none over Francisco Trinado, so something we could have predicted had he in, but I don't think he looks so hot doing so. Trinado was more than more than a game um and he I, i'm thinking selikov should have ran through him um a lot easier than he did so i don't know how much this has done to help his stock having going the distance with a 42 year old um francisco francisco Trinaldo. i i kind of agree with you i don't think it does too much for his stock i will say Trinaldo is a guy who's never been knocked yeah never been knocked out in 34 foot fights in his career so uh, I, I guess I can't blame him too much for not getting the finish, but I will say, yeah, I expected him to look a little better than he did. 
Yeah, so we'll see. He's rocketed rockets up my rankings though. Trinado had a very good record heading in this, so he's up to six now in my uh, rankings. So you performance rankings. So you think he, at the very least, he may crack the lower um, part of the UFC rankings, perhaps next uh, next go around. He's five and one now. Yeah, well, I'm I'm gonna give you a little sneak peek behind the curtain for somebody who knows a thing or two about the UFC rankings. He's already been in the rankings uh, of some of the panelists for a little while. At least one of them, I can tell you, mm, uh, already already had be. already had him at number fourteen or fifteen. Uh, so uh, and in place of somebody else who maybe only had as one fight at welterweight and, <laughs> and, and, it, and it's inexplicably ranked. So, yeah. Uh, anything, yeah to keep, I, anything to keep that person happy though. Cause that person makes money. So, yeah. So I, I already <laughs> had the King of Kung Fu in there. So, um, yeah. like, like I wouldn't be surprised if more of the panelists along with me, uh, agree oh, with, along with you yeah, or, or that person uh, that, you know, um, I mean, we'll just out myself. Yeah, I, I've had I've had Muslim Salikov in the rankings for probably. I mean, I think since his last win, I've had him in there, uh, and and not enough people agree with me. So uh, maybe this maybe this doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. Yep, we we shall see. Okay, what happened in the next fight, Dan? Featherweight Makwan Amerikani lost to a short notice newcomer, um, Kamuela Kirk. What the heck happened here? You know, it's fun. It's funny too because I know you listen to every single episode of, of the Prelim Primer. Um, but like my co-host, actually, while we both picked Makwana Mirakani, my co-host Kristen King, who who writes for Bloody Elbow, she actually said the thing about this fight is it's kind of a trap for Makwana Mirakani, but because Kirk puts a lot of pace on and is adequate everywhere, and if Amirakani can't match that volume or submit him. He's going to lose the fight, and, and I could be wrong. That seems like exactly what happened. Like, we both wound up picking Amir Khani, but she gave that caveat, and, like, man, Camuela Kirk, she, she was right. She, like, puts on tons of volume and, you know, like, lots of offense, doesn't seem to tire, and, man, it was too much for Amir Khani, who you've got to imagine this plummet where he was uh, in, in this featherweight division. Yeah, what happened? What happened to him? We had um, everyone had such high hopes for him when he uh, when he started off, and he had long periods of inactivity, and now he's what lost two straight and three of four. So, um, and, and four of seven. Too. Yeah, I'm looking at um, yeah, four of seven. Yeah, Not and, and it's it's a lot of losing to talented strikers too. Yeah. Um, and guys with pace, right? Like Edson Barboza, Shane Burgos, Arnold Allen. Well, I guess Arnold Allen's kind of a passive guy, right? Like he he's a pick a spot kind of guy, especially in that Sadiq Yusuf fight. But the last three have all been guys who aren't afraid to put a little boxing pace on you. And man, I, I we always knew that Makwan Amirakani is a better grappler than he is anything else. And I mean, like, yeah, maybe that's maybe that's the thing. I I, I hadn't had him written off before this one as not being able to handle pacey strikers, but hell, maybe that's exactly what it is. Yeah, grappler with not the the gas tank that usually goes hand-in-hand hand with it. So, um, And then we had a – we would have got this one right. Uh, lightweights, Mason Jones was uh, was winning, as as predicted, against Alan Patrick before he uh, stuck his thumb in into his eyeball, and Patrick wisely decided he couldn't see anymore in this fight that he was being dominated in, and it was a no contest. I, I don't know how much he could see before he got poked in the eye because his eyes were true. already That was his other bad. eye. Yeah, yeah. Oh. And, and, and like, I, I've seen him calling for a rematch. Dude, you're not getting this rematch. Like, no. Mason Jones. You shouldn't want it. The, the, that's the other thing. He, you shouldn't want it. He beat the hell out of him, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, Mason, nothing, nothing much to say here. Mason Jones is as good as we thought he was. He gets a no contest here instead of a win. Everybody, including the UFC matchmakers, will treat it like a win. Yeah, well, it was a, it's still a uh, tough start to, to his career, though, in the UFC. What's his record now? It's Has he even won a fight yet? No, one, no one, not, one, right? loss and a, one loss and a no contest. But yeah, that, okay. that loss was a fight of the year candidate, yeah. and now he's got, like I said, this is a no contest, but, like, it's a win. Everybody's going to treat it like a win. He's just fine. He's exactly who we thought he was. Yep. Um, so is the next person, Manon Fioro, who who Dan is high on. Uh, women's flyweight, she um, picked apart Tabitha Ricci, um, 
who was a short notice late replacement, which is what uh, Americani should have done, um, taking it to the late replacement newcomer. But uh, like Fiero picked apart uh, Ricci, who who was game, but didn't only last apart way through the second round before she got. Uh, couldn't take any more of the uh, the onslaught, the um, striking onslaught of Fiero. Yeah, Fiero, it looks like an absolute beast. The other thing I want to mention. The other thing I want to mention about her, because because you know we can talk about her striking and the fact that when she puts together combinations, she looks like one of the best flyweights on the planet. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention about her, the UFC seems high on her, right? Like they they had a weird little video package before she fought. And if you go back to the beginning of the fights, uh, they were like, they, you know, they read off who, you know, before we get to the main card, you know, the prelims will be headlined by Montana De La Rosa and Ariane Lipsky. And, you know, we also got Taylor Latifi and Tanner Boser plus Manon Firo. Like they were like, and they didn't even mention her opponent, um, which I know is somewhat because she's a late replacement. But like to go down the card and just like cherry pick one fighter off there to mention like they must think they have something with her, and I, I think they're right about it. Yeah, or or they knew this was a squash squash match um, in the making. So despite only fighting twice in the octagon, um, and part of this is because she's in a very thin flyweight division, she has rocketed up from twenty first to eighth in my performance rankings now. Um, because she's got two two finishes uh, in in the uh, UFC. Uh, who do you want to see her fight next? I, I think she's ready for somebody ranked. To be yeah. completely honest with you, I, and I, you know, it's it's tough to look at the rankings, being that she's you know only two fights in and gonna fight mm-hmm. somebody ranked. But like, I, I I'd really love to see her beat the hell out of Macy Barber. <laughs> uh, there's someone yeah, down here. Right. Yeah, that, that's another person I like watching get beat up, Macy Barber. Um, you know, I mentioned Shevchenko is a possible opponent yep. for for um, Montana De La Rosa. She wouldn't be a bad one either for Firo. Like, so either of those two would work. The one thing I do really hope they don't do is her versus Miranda Maverick. Right, um, yeah. Because I really love both of them as prospects. I want them to both flourish and head up the division and both get title shots at some point in time. Yeah. Um, but, like, so I hope they don't put her in with that. that. But, like... I mean, even, like, somebody like Andrea Lee would be fun, right? Like, she could go out and fight Andrea Lee or, hell, do you yeah. think Manon Firo would have any trouble with Roxanne Modafari? Uh, you, you never know with Roxanne Modafari. Yeah, things, you're you, right. And, and on paper, no. Nobody's softer on, on Roxanne Modafari as I am because, like, I, I yeah. always pick her to win fights that I don't think she should actually win because I love her to pieces, but, like, I think Firo would do terrible things to Roxy's face right now. Oh, like, I, I just think she would absolutely brutalize her. And Roxy's a top ten flyweight, so that just tells yeah. you how high I am on her. Yeah, no, uh, and for good reason. Um, Sean Woods in. I got this one wrong. Dan got it right. He beat Yusuf Zalal. Split decision. Um, is there anything to say about this fight, really? Were you as surprised as uh, Yusuf Zalal that he didn't win? <laughs> no, I wasn't. No, because <laughs> he was. I, I knew he that, wasn't winning. That kid was shocked. Yeah. Like, well, look, I decision love, though. So hey, I, I love Yusuf Zalal, but this is one of those ones where literally the media unanimously agreed on the fight. Do you want to know the crazy thing about this though? The judges, I I can't believe they gave him. All of them gave him the first round. Of the other rounds to give him, the second one was a really weird one to give him, which is yeah. exactly what he won on the the scorecard. Uh, that the judges gave, or the that one judge gave to him. Yeah, well, we had some wacky judging again. Um, and in the curtain jerker, Claudia Puelis um, beat uh, Jordan Leavitt. We're going to leave him now because he uh, we got us off on the wrong foot and made Dan lose his lock pick. Yeah, well, I will say this too. Uh, here's the other thing I, I think about this fight is, yeah, we we can talk about how Jordan Leavitt is is maybe not. 100% ready for the higher competition in the UFC. He seems to have a good grappling base, but when he's met with somebody else with a good grappling base, didn't work out for him. But I would also right. say this. I think this tells us a lot about Puelles, who's been away for a while, right. decided to switch his camp to Sanford MMA, which has got you know a drove of wrestlers that he can work with. 
Killers. And it's, it's, yeah, a lot of killers and beasts and savages. And, uh, it seems like his, his wrestling got better. I could be wrong about that, but like, it seems like all of the different facets of his grappling got better. And I, I think he was the better striker going into this fight. So, uh, you know, he, he's also a young guy too. Like, I, I don't think people remember that he's only 25 years old and he just turned 25 years old. So, like, more time at Sanford in, in out of three-fight win streak? Like, he, he could be an interesting one to watch. Yep, no uh, no doubt. So, uh, that wraps up uh, that fight card. Like I said, didn't, I didn't see a heck of a lot of interest in it. Um, so, Ponzinibbio buys a uh, fight of the night, 50 grand each, and then Rosenstrike and Tybura got another 50 grand for their performances. It wasn't wasn't a whole lot of competition for the bonuses, um, last night, uh, unfortunately, the basically the people who were already getting paid the most ended up uh, taking home the extra extra money on those checks. So that puts that event to bed. And the UFC octagon is on the road again. I guess the actual octagon isn't because that's the small octagon that stays in the apex. But the big octagon is headed on the road to the Gila River Arena um, in Glendale, Arizona, where they're going to be having a NBA championship parade in what about a month or so um, when the Suns win the title. But uh, that's a story for another day. Um, so yeah, we'll be breaking down this on our episode 45, which I will not be uh, dedicating to the president, uh, number 45 president, whoever that was. I, I don't remember who that was, but um, I won't be won't be giving him props like I gave for number 44. So. You know, when you when you did hmm. number forty four, I was certain you were gonna do Hank Aaron. Oh then, yeah, that's true. I should. Then you just you just left that you just left them hanging. Yeah, my kids were like, "Oh, obviously it's gonna be Obama." I'm like, okay, I guess. I, I, <laughs> I could I I could not tell you what Justin Trudeau what number he is in Canada. Um, <laughs> you guys we were, don't keep num- you don't keep numbers up there. Uh, I think we do. I just we you know you guys are dominant. Um, so we, we, we know like my my ten year old and I we were naming. Uh, when we were walking the dogs the other day, we were naming, I could name presidents all the way back to like Eisenhower. And then I got stumped <laughs> after two prime ministers um, and he was horrified. He's like, why? You don't remember? And then he had to give me hints like, oh yeah, that guy, Paul Martin. I remember him. So yeah, I, I didn't do he's, so. He's, he's 23. Just so you know. Okay. There you go. He's yeah, I, I put the intern on it. Yes. All right. Um, th- I told you we we're going to talk politics again. And there you go. We talked politics again. <laughs> Um, this fight card, USC 263, very, very fun fight card, at least at least on paper. I think it's going to be fun in person. Despite, uh, I'm not huge on rematches, and we got two rematches um, at the top of the card, but they should be fun ones. Israel Adesanya versus that angry Italian guy, Marvin Vittori. I didn't watch their... I just skipped through everything. I don't... You, you, I, I can't be bothered should, with all that stuff, but you, you, how you was it? You should go watch it. It was... I would say I would say the back and forth between Izzy and Marvin Vittori is not good. No. Right, like it, it, it's not entertaining in any way, but but how little control Michael Bisping has of the interview process is worth the time to watch the interview because right. he just like he keeps trying to put it back on the rails and say something, and they're just like, "Now nah, we're gonna talk to one each other on Zoom while you just stand there in a suit looking stupid." And like, I, I love Michael Bisping as an interviewer and as a, a commentator and and everything, so it was like. Kind of funny to see him just like absolutely hamstring to the point where he was not participating. Let me guess, Vitroy was super angry, and Adesanya was super like cool, uh, confident. They were both guy. pretty angry, actually. Oh yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. It was it was double Ooh. anger. I can't remember which one said it, but the like quote that people pulled away from it was, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> which is not even clever, but it's no. really funny. Very nice. So now that Dan said that, I have to click the explicit content box when I post the, the podcast. So thanks, Dan. <laughs> I have extra work to do because Dan. I'm pretty had... sure. I'm pretty sure I cuss once or twice an episode. Probably, anyway. probably. Um. Just so you know, you're supposed to be the, the good cop, the nice guy in the show. I should be the one swearing, uh, but regardless. Um, that should be a fun fight because they um, – Vittori famously gave Adesanya his toughest fight. Toughest fight at middleweight, we can still say that. Um, and Adesanya is coming off a loss, so you, you never know. Uh, he's never come off a loss before, so that will be an interesting fight. And then we got Figueroa versus Moreno in the co-main event, uh, part two. Um we both think Figueroa is going to murder him, I think, but that will be a fun fight too. Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz five rounds for some reason. Uh, I don't really care to see. I guess they think Nate Diaz has more of a chance probably if they go five rounds, I guess. Yeah, I a hundred percent think that's it. And yeah. also they're going to have to find a way to justify 
uh, giving the winner a title shot, and if you say it was over a five-round thing, and yeah. it clearly was never going to headline uh, a fight night, right? Because, yeah. like, Diaz needs to be on a pay-per-view. Yep, so we got that. Damian Maya below Muhammad, that'll be fun. I want to see – Maya's always been one of my low-key favorites, so interesting to see if he's got anything left in his tank against – remember the name. Um, Paul Craig versus Jamal – I like to call him Jamahal because that's how it's spelled, Hill. Um, that wraps up the uh, the main card, so that should be fun. And then we got – I'm not going to go through the whole card, but um, Dan's um, favorite fighter in the world of all time, Lauren Murphy's on the card. Um, yeah, there's lots of fun people on the card. There's uh, Canadians for me to go against, so at least one Canadian for me to go against. Uh, two, I guess, at least. We'll see. Anyhow, it should be a fun, uh, fun fight night. Um, not a fight night. Well, yeah, it, it'll be a night of fights, but it is the UFC 263, of course. Adesanya versus Vittori, too, like I said, from the home, home of the champions, uh, Phoenix suburbs in Arizona. So in the meantime, we'll put this one to bed. Um, make sure you download the app. Uh, like I said, I'm not just blowing smoke. It's it's very nice. Um, I like uh, I like how it's designed and the look of it and the notifications you get when new episodes drop. So um, in case you're not subscribed to the MMA Gambling Podcast, um, our specific feed, which you should, because we're going to just be exclusively on that probably within a couple months. Um, so if you are listening to us on the SGPN uh, main feed, make sure you subscribe to our our um, dedicated feed. But um, like I was saying, with the app, you, you get notifications popping up on your phone when a new episode of anything uh, on the network drops. So that's good. And then, like I said, $1,000 uh, if you can pick the NBA finals champ properly um so you got to june 14th to get on on that and there's like i said links to video sports books all our new stuff our merch all that good stuff so definitely get in on um the app i, I haven't mentioned before but um our slack channel is always jumping off too um if you're interested in basically slack's like a for you old people it's like a basically like a message board type of uh, messenger type of thing. Um, definitely uh, download Slack and search for SGPN. We've got uh, dedicated um, pages for basically all the main sports. We even have a dedicated page called Fat Guy Food Food page where it's just people posting photos of food, which is always fun. Um, and then Fight Night, it's, uh, the fight page tends to uh, get cracking with uh, people, talk about the fights, talk about their picks, stuff like that. So get in on that. Um, also... Um, boom, boom, boom. go to our odds page on SG on sportsgamblingpodcast.com because um, we got uh, links to all or we have actually odds right there on the page for you for various sports what else should I tell you you can listen to Dan's podcast prelim primer but I think it should be called the picker but regardless prelim piner primer piner piner prelim piner podcast um, and top turtle who's on top turtle this week Mr. Reland. Uh I am talking to Luigi Vendramini, um, who is in a low-key, very exciting fight uh, at USC 263. And then uh, Frank the Crank Camacho, who's fighting Matt Frivola. Very good. Very good. So listen to his shows also. Um, and read MMA-Manifesto.com uh, also, of course. Um, so we have goodness on there every every day. Basically, you got a bunch of new stuff on that site. Um, I think I hit on everything. Did I forget anything, Dan? I, I think you nailed it all. All right, cool. So Dan's going to take us home this week. This all right, I'm David. That week. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I'm David Gubby Freeland. He's Arctic Jeff Fox, and we'll catch you next week. He said my name right. Hooray.